0: For one family in Escondido, this Thanksgiving is a big sigh of relief. For three years, Marissa and Prince Heinchel have been foster parents to two little girls, Annalie and Valerie. Both girls were abused and malnourished. With much love and medical care, the girls are now much healthier. And thanks to a recent adoption, today is their first Thanksgiving for these girls as full members of their family. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you cover a number of things at the Union-Tribune, and you and I were joking about it earlier, but you're often tasked with finding a miracle story for the holidays, the Christmas miracle, Thanksgiving miracle, the, you know, St. Patrick's Day miracle, whatever holiday it is. But this one is truly a heartwarming story, why don't you tell us, what do we need to know about the Heinchels?
1: Right. So the Heinchels are a family in Escondido. There's a husband and wife. And they both, uh, they met kind of later in life, uh, and they both wanted to have a large family. Mm-hmm. So almost instantly after they got married, uh, they became pregnant and had their first child, a boy, Christopher, very nice guy. Uh, but they found after that, for some reason, they were unable to conceive. So there were no more children apparently for them. And they really struggled with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then a friend of Marissa's came to her and said, I think you have the heart for this. And this was being a foster parent.
0: Yeah. And that's certainly not an easy thing to do. What does being a foster parent entail?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's important to know that there's always more need than there is more, you know, foster parents out there. Foster parents are people who take in children who have been taken away from their parents by the court. And usually it traces back to uh, problems with addiction. Mm You know, so someone in the family is an addict. And because of that, uh, things are happening that are not Not healthy for the children. Uh, So the Heinchels went through this process where they were trained and then about a year later they were placed with two sisters. That's important too in the story because placing siblings is especially hard. You have to have extra space. Of course you have to have more time to Mm -hmm. devote to these children. Uh, But also, I mean, uh, you have to be ready to deal with, um, if, if they're children of a different gender, uh, you need different bedrooms. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of factors that go into taking in siblings. But they took in a nine-month-old and a three-year-old who both had been severely abused. They had suffered physical abuse. They had also been, you know, kind of malnourished. They hadn't been fed. And they had a whole raft of medical problems, very serious medical problems. You
0: can imagine not only children that are unhealthy, but coming from that background. So how long did it take for these children to become healthy again?
1: Well, it took some time. Uh, actually, when the nine-month-old—well, uh, when when the Heinschels received word that they were going to be foster parents to these two little girls— the youngest, the nine-month-old, uh, she was still in the hospital. And she was in the hospital with a fever. And she was so malnourished that she was just, she was nine months old and 12 pounds, wow. which is incredible. Uh, she had been born at three pounds. Uh, just, you know, terrible conditions. She had no strength. When she finally was brought home from the hospital, uh, the Marissa Heinschel, the, the foster mother, was hugging the baby, and the baby was leaning back, was stiff, and didn't know what was going on. It was so unused to that sort of physical touch. The baby also wouldn't cry because the baby had learned that when she cried, she was punished. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, and there were all sorts of issues with both girls. Uh, They both have spinal issues that require surgery, uh, the oldest had to have eye surgery. They see cardiologists. They have kidney problems. I mean, just the list of physical ailments went on and on. Yeah, and this is just kind of the
0: parenting on hard mode in a sense because not only do they need all of this love but also all of this extra care to get them to be in a better place. So this
1: happened years ago. How are things going now? Yeah, this was three years ago. Is three Novembers ago, and it was a real difficult um, process. I think for the Heinzels, because they wanted very much, you know, to to love these children, to have them as their own, and yet they knew all along that the goal was to reunite the children with their birth parents, and they worked on that. They met with the birth parents. Uh, the birth parents were supervised by the courts there were certain benchmarks they had to meet uh and for a while it looked like things were going great with the parents and then suddenly it wasn't uh the parents stopped coming to appointments they wouldn't take you know the sort of care that they needed to with the children especially given all of their medical issues the girls um have made what doctors say is a pretty phenomenal recovery. They're both walking and talking, uh, which is really something considering all of the things I laid out, you know, as as their issues before them. Uh, Valerie also had uh, brain damage, so you know, really the odds were stacked against them, and yet they look good. They're they're just cute little girls. They're both very engaging. They don't talk a whole lot. At least they didn't talk a lot to me, Mm -hmm. a stranger in their house. Uh, But, you know, they look happy and healthy. So going back to their
0: birth parents, how common is it that the kind of foster story works out perfectly? Because clearly for things to get to that level in which the court has to intervene, things have to be pretty bad. Are these children that are in the foster system essentially given a false promise of reuniting with their birth family, even
1: though in most cases the birth family has caused abuse? Well, it's true that they're coming from um, less than optimal home settings. But I think, you know, the the court system and I think society in general uh, has a bias toward birth families. And I think that's a good thing. It is not the usual outcome that the birth parents clean up their act sufficiently to then, you know, regain custody of their own children. Uh, But I think I think it's a good thing that 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 is held out there as as a possibility. And, And sometimes it is. It is what happens that the children are reunited with their families and that there's a good outcome. Right. I mean, I think the worst possible outcome would be where the children are returned to the birth parents and the birth parents really haven't reformed and instead fall back in their old ways. And the children, having had this respite in a well-run and a loving household, suddenly are are abused again. Mm, That certainly would be terrible. So
0: this family has been a family under unlikely circumstances for some time. And for the parents, that was difficult, I can imagine, raising these children, you know, they're the same as Christopher to them in in a sense. So how did things kind of move forward? Because there's been a change in the story.
1: There has been a change in the story. And and one of the things that makes this a Thanksgiving story is that the holidays were always a particularly stressful time because the parents, uh, the foster parents, had no idea how long these girls would be in the house. And so Chris, the foster father, always said to his wife, he said, let's make this the best Thanksgiving ever for these kids because we don't know. We don't know where they will be next Thanksgiving. So they, they always had these pressures put on them at the holidays to kind of make this something special, something that would last. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, last year last summer, the parents, the birth parents lost their parental rights. And so suddenly, the girls were up for adoption. And instantly, the Heinchels stepped forward and said, we want to adopt. They went through the whole process. Uh, It was not by any means a slam dunk. They had to go through a lot of different hoops, uh, as anyone would when adopting children. And then in July, uh, they became the adoptive parents of Annalie and valerie so this thanksgiving is the first thanksgiving they've had where they say you know now you're part of our forever family this is it you guys are you know with us to to the end
0: and i guess uh what's what's the mood for that family because like i imagine i imagine today is really a heartfelt day for them
1: yeah, it is. Uh, they, As I mentioned, they both come from large families. They both come from close families that are still very near them. In fact, Marissa's parents live next door to them. Uh, and there will be a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents that will be coming over to their house today. So it will be very noisy, be very festive. Uh, later, everyone will go over to Chris's parents' house and meet more family members. It's, it's just kind of a big family gathering as it would have been, and mm-hmm. both Marissa and Chris said their extended families have always welcomed Valerie and Anneli as part of the, part of the big family, right? But I think there's a special mood today because this is the Thanksgiving that they've always been waiting for.
0: Mm-hmm. And congratulations to them, certainly. And I guess it's worth noting that, like, for this story to happen, you need these extra people. This is something that two people would probably struggle to do with alone. Having two children with such medical needs, such emotional needs, that having that extended family probably is why these two little girls are having a happy Thanksgiving right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And also, I should point out that uh, the Hinchalls were very complimentary towards this. Um, social service agency that they went through. It's called ANGELS. ANGELS Foster Family Services uh, and what ANGELS did for them. They provided a lot of support. Uh, there were weekly visits by, you know, a social worker who understood, you know, what <laughs> what fostering entails. Uh, and Like I say, I think they also had about a year of training before they were placed with these two girls. But having that sort of extended family, that sort of family support, was very important. Uh, They also credited their faith. They're extremely devout Catholics. But in talking to the folks at Angels, they stressed that good foster parents come from all sorts of backgrounds, Mm -hmm. every ethnicity, every religion, or lack thereof, and also, you know, from every sort of uh, economic background. So it's a, it's a job that really requires a great heart more than anything else.
0: Mm-hmm, certainly. And uh, looking forward, what's the outlook for these two little girls? They've gone through an amazing journey, but life's not going to be easy. What's the future?
1: Well, Annalie is recovering from surgery that she had on her spine just a couple of weeks ago, and her sister is is due for the same surgery, uh, later next month. But, uh, but they seem to be progressing well. Uh, they're certainly not out of the woods. They had so many medical issues that still need to be dealt with. But if you look at them, you think, wow, these kids are, are really pretty happy and, and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're great little kids.
0: All right. Peter Rowe, happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you, Daniel, and to, to all of our listeners. In other North County news,
0: 14 year old Kara Fan has won first place in the National 2019 3M Young Scientist Challenge. Fan created a liquid bandage using nano silver solution that fights drug resistant infections caused by antibiotic overuse. Fan is a student at Westview High School in the Poway Unified School District. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the flash briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontribcom slash podcasts. Until next time.